My name is Wazir. And my name is John Muhammad. And this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How you doing today? I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm doing really great. It's a great day in Houston, Texas. It's yeah. beautiful weather. And a lot of things are happening in the world now that's leading us to our whole purpose of doing this podcast, I think. Yeah. So I think it's a beautiful time. Uh, so let's talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's a great and it's a dreadful day. Right. Because we see all the calamities coming. But the, in the uh, this episode, we want to talk about separation mm-hmm. and economic development. We want to demystify that whole concept of separation. And the reason we're bringing it up is because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan will be uh, addressing the nation and the world uh, on uh, Sunday, October 15th. That's this Sunday. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's his subject is separation of death. Now, that's a strong title. Separation or death. Yeah, usually usually they say vote. Death. Die. Vote <laughs> or die. But he says separation of death. And, and, and growing up uh, in school, uh, we learned about integration. Right. We learned about, during Black History Month, we learned about the Civil Rights Movement. We learned about slavery. But we didn't learn much about separation. That that concept never came up. Uh, if it did, it came up in terms of uh, separatists, black separatists, black nationalist separatists. Militant. Militant, yeah, the militant movement. And it was associated, you know, compared to the white nationalist movement. And the white nationalist movement is a violent movement. These are groups like the Ku Klux Klan. So just to make it clear, this was going on parallel to the integration movement. It wasn't like a like a small, like you're saying, they compared it to the Ku Klux Klan and stuff, but this was a dominant movement too. It was just was two yeah. sides of the same coin. Yeah, it was it was it was two movements going on parallel mm-hmm. in the black movement. You know, uh but in doing and doing I my, I went to public schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know about, about about your education. But in public school, they only gave you the narrative of the integrationist desegregation. Uh, side of it. You know, we didn't learn much about those black nationalist leaders or those leaders that talked about separation. And, and of course, the Nation of Islam is is the most um, prominent group in history that advocated separation. You know, and Marcus Garvey was a forerunner in the Back to Africa movement. And I, 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 would, I would include uh, Marcus Garvey and it, uh, I think it was the United Negro Improvement Association was his organization. And it was a powerful organization. A mass, uh, it was a mass movement in this country and throughout Africa, which led to colonialism uh, uh, in Africa. Mm-hmm. The uh, back to Africa, pan-Africanism, that, that ideals and concept spread to the continent. And... Uh, but this this whole concept of separation. You know what I just thought about? Yeah. We were talking about separation here, and we inspired the the diaspora of different black people around the world, right? Yeah. To to separate, but a lot of them actually did get the independence. That's true. And but we necessarily didn't yet. <laughs> but that's funny yeah, that yeah, that's, that the inspiration that's went true. around the world, and now they have their own countries now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you and you you have a black rule. You know, doing uh, and and then let's let's talk a little bit about history so we can get this idea during the time of of 
before slavery. Let's let's go back to before slavery, when Africans were in Africa living in peace and freedom, and Europeans were in Europe. You know, so there was a a thousand year war, the Crusades, against the uh, the Christians and the Muslims. So when uh, the Europeans wanted to do trade with the East, India, China, the Far East, they had a blockade there with the uh, Muslim Empire. <laughs> so they couldn't go across, directly across, uh, the, directly to the East. So they wanted to go around, take a long route around the continent of Africa to get around the Muslims. This one they ran into us. You <laughs> say they was on a on a voyage going around. They they had to stop over to refuel, to retool or whatever, uh, to get supplies. So they they had ports along the coast of Africa, and they had to uh, get supplies. And that's when they started doing trade with Africans, and then that trade led to the slave trade. You know, of course, uh, Christopher Columbus came and discovered America because he was looking for a shorter route to the east without making that voyage all the way around the Cape of South Africa. You know what I just thought? Why would they think the earth is flat if he was going down? You know what I mean? They were all kind well, of going Europe, around the world anyway. The Europeans, <laughs> well, no, they wasn't oh, going. They, they was going across landmass, and they was just going in one direction. Right, right. They didn't go in the... They, they, was they going didn't go east. left or right. Yeah, they, they was going they, north they, and south. They didn't go west. They went east. So they didn't know what was west. The Europeans, however, didn't know what was west. Everybody else probably did. <laughs> we have evidence that the blacks had been there. We had been all over the planet. Right. You know, we made to believe that uh, we are only from Africa, but we from planet Earth. You're going to find our remains all over the planet because mm. we was here for trillions of years. Right. But in terms of this subject, uh, they they went, Christopher Columbus went west, discovered America, and, of course, they started bringing slaves to the New World. But if we look at the, the, the you talked about when did separation start. We were separate then. Okay, when they began to bring us to the New World, that's when we integrated. <laughs> you know, you could, you could say that's integration. Slavery is integration. Like I always say, we lived on the same plantation. You know, the, the course, uh, and we talk about family businesses. You know, blacks are told, you know, don't work with your own family. Don't work with your own kind. But wait a minute. Whites worked in the family business. Matter of fact, we worked in their family business. Mm. The plantation that formed was a business. The family farm. And we were their laborers, and we were their stock. They owned Right. <laughs> we were their livestock, and we were their labor. So we were property. They owned us as property, and we was their labor. So you see how they got rich so fast. They got rich and powerful as a result of slavery. Right. But this is integration. This is the first, well, this is a form of integration. This yeah. is integration because that plantation was integrated. Mm. And, okay, it was a hierarchy because you had the master class or the white class, and then you had the 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 servant class or the slave, the peasants, and that was the blacks. Right. 
And a lot of people are probably like, well, when we say integration, we mean equality. They try to use it as like a synonym for equality. Yeah. So they'll say, that's not integration, that's slavery. But if you look at the society now, it's still kind of structured like that with the higher ups on, yeah. owning most of the stuff, then the middle class that were overseeing the slaves, right. and then the lower class, which would be the slaves, but we still kind of in I, that and position. I, I like you brought that up yeah. about the overseer class because yeah. all whites didn't own slaves. Right. They actually had poor whites. But that poor white class, and what you see in power today, uh, President Trump appealed to this this working class, this country bumpkin, you know, right. this uh, a Jethro character that live in the rural areas, and that's how that's what that's how he got in the office according to Electoral College. Um, he didn't win the popular vote. He lost the popular vote, but he won the Electoral College. In the Electoral College, because these rural counties are predominantly white. And we fled to the, we said it in previous episodes, the blacks fled to the urban centers. So the rural areas predominantly white. So those counties, in terms of politics, are considered red, a Republican conservative. But these were these, these working class whites live, and they were uh, given social status. You may not own land, or you may not own slaves, but you better than the slave. You middle class, according the the Democratic Party, you're middle class. Right. You know, the super billionaire class is the Trump class, the ruling party, power, the right. master. They're the master class. Now, when we talk about... Because it's like somebody owns McDonald's, yeah. then there's the franchisee right. who owns the little one, <laughs> then there's the manager of the McDonald's, yeah. and then there's the dude sweeping the flow. Yeah. It's like, that's the... Now, <laughs> I'm tend- just simplifying it for the... I, I, I attended uh, Texas Southern University. Right. And we were not a prestigious white university, Ivy League school, you know, that's that's the white. They better. Okay, so we were... Uh, another nickname for TSU, Texas Southern University in Houston, is the yard. But if you remember slavery, you had house slaves, you had yard slaves, and you had field slaves. Mm. So those slaves that are not educated, those blacks that are not educated, that, that's living that that uh, regular life, a working uh, minimum wage job, a working class job, uh, they in the field. And those, those supervisors and managers, uh, uh, first line of management and supervision, those are yard slaves. Mm. You got a little status over the the field slaves, and then you got the the blacks that are uh, in politics, uh, in in entertainment, the athletes that are that are got money and power. They in the upper class. That was also uh, referred to as the coat and the the okay. Now the you ass know, and you, the coat. You, you're talking about scripture. Yeah, the I theology. <laughs> yeah. Jesus uh, spoke to the multitude in the capital city. On his way to the capital city, he told his servants to untie the coat and an ass. Right. And the, the, the coat here is a horse, the most intelligent of the beasts, and it's symbolic of the intelligent college student, of the young college student, and the young blacks that are educated. And the uh, ass here, which is the, the donkey or the symbol of the Democratic Party, represent the ignorant masses. Mm. That's the coat in the ass. And that was never done in the scripture. That was That's not a historical 
event. Yeah, yeah, I that just remember that. That, that yeah. was a prophetic event. <laughs> right. You know, the scriptures both based in history and prophecy. So that's prophecy being fulfilled with the Million Man March. Mm. Who spoke to the multitude? They say Jesus fed him, fed him two fish and five loaves of bread. You know? Uh, and I, I'm not going to go too much into theology because yeah, this yeah. is... The business building blocks. What we wanted to talk about was the history. Yeah, you got to slavery. We demystified separation. Yeah, yeah. So we were at slavery. You said that was the that was the integration. So where do we go from there as yeah, far so, as separation so is concerned? Separation was that slave that kept escaping. Right. You know, he, he kept trying to get to the north. You know, he running. He running. He escaping. So that's separate to separate to get away from that plantation. He getting away from that that lynching, that burning at the stake. They beating us with the whip. We we working from sun up to sundown in the field with very little food, poor living conditions, poor uh, clothing, you know, bare floors. I mean, they treat us like animals. So he trying to escape back in Africa. We had our own own civilization. We we had our own kingdoms. We were free. We were separate. And, and now the other term we want to demystify is that during the segregation uh, uh, period in American history, uh, segregation, separate but equal. Of course, it wasn't equal. They going to the front door, we going to the back door. You know, you had uh, white-only restrooms and black restrooms, and the the white water fountain might be cold, cold water, <laughs> the the black uh, uh, water is tap water, and they let their dogs and the animals drink out the same water fountain we need to drink out of. You know, the black restroom is unkept, unmaintained, so you know it's filthy in there. But then, and then the white rest, uh, restroom is pristine. So uh, they always and they they had segregation in schools. Uh, they had the new textbooks. They put millions of dollars and uh, more money into their facilities. They had the best facilities. And we had the worst. We had the second hand. We were second-class citizens, basically. Mm. And the black community was a colony. Uh, we, we didn't control the economics and politics. Well, we did have more black businesses during segregation. That was a positive aspect of segregation. But segregation is not separation. Let's get that understood. Mm. Segregation is not separation. You're under control when you segregate it. They redlining your neighborhood. You know, they forcing you to live in that 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 ghetto that was created. They created the ghetto, you know, and they control the ghetto. They own the they slum lords. Uh they own the uh apartment buildings or the apartment houses. And we rent. We're not owners. Mm. They own the businesses. You know, we labor. But we're not we're not owners of the businesses, and I don't think people understand that because it's like de- segregation implies that y'all are under the same like higher po- they're under the same power basically, and then some that power decides what you get and what this side gets. But separate would be like Canada and America, right? Yeah, separate. separate yeah, we, like Canada, um, you wouldn't say Canada is segregated from America. That's just a separate whole thing. So when we say separation, we're talking about something that would be separate and would be ours, not 
on based on their terms. It will be on our own terms. Separate and sovereign. Yeah. And, and you notice, let's go back to the history of the United States. And we had an, a, an expert, um, attorney Warren F. Muhammad. He, he uh, published a book, A Case for Separation. You know, we had him on on a previous previous uh, episode. Right. And uh, he laid the case for it. And, of course, we need a message to the black man about, about Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, these are texts we're coming from. Uh, of course, Minister Farrakhan. But we, we want to talk about the concept of the United States being a colony of Great Britain. See, it was 13, originally 13 colonies. But they were subject to the king of England, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Britain. They were colonies of Britain. Right. They were not independent. There was a revolutionary war fought for those colonies to become independent from Great Britain in order for the United States to be a separate nation. So they they had they they were separatists. You know, the patriots that we talk about, they was patriotic. Right. They was considered traitors to Britain. The Redcoats, the Redcoats are coming. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, the Redcoats was British. That's the British forces. So the the colonists that rebelled against British were considered traitors. I'm trying to think. They how was, did they was rebels? They was terrorists. How did they even beat England? Because England was uh, conquering the whole world. They was a world power at the time. And. And the colonies couldn't have been that big. How, I wonder how like the military. How did they beat it? Like, well, I want, I want to touch about. It. I, I like military. Yeah. Uh, they remember we talked about redcoats uh -huh. and the way the militaries fought during the during the theater of Europe, European theater of war. They had these straight regiments where they would line up in in squares or whatever, and they would march in order. You know, and they would just go head on and slaughter each other head on. They they not <laughs> they not hide behind any barriers, uh, anything like that. They got red coats on, so that's that blind red coat. Oh yeah. But the uh, the the rebels, the American forces, they were they wrote a, they fought a guerrilla warfare. You know, <laughs> they didn't have proper uniforms. They hide behind trees. You know, and you can imagine you you taking cover on a hill or behind a tree somewhere. And you 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 They're shooting just picking this them guy off. with this with his red coat on with a target on, and his 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 general, his commanding officer say charge, and they go all in line, and you just gun them down while you hide behind cover. Mm. So the guerrilla the guerrilla warfare method uh, uh, caused them to win because they had they had they had less resources, they wasn't sophisticated, but they had a better tactic and maneuver and war strategy. Mm, I didn't know that. The same with Haiti. Haiti beat all of the great armies of the day to get they to win their independence. And of course, the more guns that they had, you know, they had to stuff the gunpowder in, to, 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 put the bullet in, and then, pow, then you had to go to the back of the line, let somebody else stuff the gun. <laughs> in, you know, and then he come up and he shoot. Well, the brothers in Haiti, you know, it it was a. Uh, you know, like trees and jungle-like uh, um, uh, terrain. So the brothers, you know, you got to, them old slow bullets, you know, they jumping around. They, you know, they taking cover. They they moving around. The brother moving. You know, we can jump and hide and all that. And he's right, he fighting a guerrilla war. 
He taking cover. He moving yeah. around. He, 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 he's in camouflage. And so now, you you know, you can't see the brother, you know. What if he attack at night? Mm. You know, so that 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 type of training that Napoleon had, because they beat Napoleon in the French, and he was the greatest general at the time, uh, they, they beat them. And uh, our brothers in Haiti won the independence. Guerrilla warfare. Mm. We're talking more about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about separation. Haiti got their separation because they got the independence. Exactly, yeah. And they was the first in this hemisphere to get their independence. And they got their independence before the African nations who, after they brought us over here, we talk about the colonialism. The Europeans went inside of Africa and started conquering the African nations and colonizing them, you know, and ruling over African nations. And the last one to get their freedom was South Africa, and that was, like, in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> South Africa. Remember Nelson Mandela? Right. Got out of prison. They had him in prison for about 40 years. And uh, the, the blacks was rising up um, from, you know, from the 60s. Um, they had a big uprising in, in uh, I think it was Soweto. Um, but uh, throughout the 80s, they was rising up. The blacks was rising up. So eventually uh, they uh, had to let Nelson Mandela out of prison, and he became president. They had a transitional government. They went from apartheid to a, a form of democracy that they have now. However, the whites still own most of the land. You know, they still, the Jews still own the diamond mines. Mm. <laughs> they got the brothers out there in Africa digging up all the gold and diamonds and they getting it to the Jews and the whites. When our people are living in shanty towns, you know, without electricity and uh, fresh water. So that has to change. And there's a leader right now down in South Africa, Julius Malema, uh, that's leading the economic freedom party, uh, economic freedom party. And those of you in the African continent or in South Africa, let's get behind Julius Malema and the economic freedom fighters. Because the economic freedom fighters want that wealth, the resources of Africa, uh, given back, the land given back to the proper original owners, the black Africans. Mm. And that, and, and the same thing is happening in, in Zimbabwe with President uh, Mugabe taking back the land and uh, so we got back to political seats of power. We got blacks, black faces in high places, mm. but whites still controlling the mineral resources. So we need to get back all of the wealth, you know. And uh, we we talking about separation. And so in the history story, we, we we got to the colonial part. What happened after that, as far as concern? In Africa? No, in America, as far America, as America, separation. America, America. Uh, what we had is uh, the Civil Rights Bill during the 60s, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and uh, the, the accommodation bill. So now uh, they eliminated the segregation. And now legally, legal, we got the legal rights of integration. But we're still being treated as second-class citizens. We're not getting justice in the courts, right? And they are still ghettos where we predominantly live. 
mass incarceration. We 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 filling up the prisons, you know. Uh, unemployment. We always have the highest unemployment. You know, a lack of economic development. We don't have businesses to reflect in our community. You see other foreigners in business. Gainfully, however, in business. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they dominate in our community. Others own the controlled economy. And then we have politicians that's really being funded by uh, interests outside our community. Corporate interests, APAC, the Jewish, <laughs> the Jewish uh, 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 group that uh, advocate for Israel. You see, so these politicians got to go and, and and make laws and make decisions that's going to be beneficiary to Israel, not beneficiary to the American people, less alone beneficial to our community. So we need to we need to search our politicians to see who who's funding them, who's funding their campaign. I mean, they, we might vote them in, but uh, who's getting uh, legislation? When, you know, what type of legislation are they writing? You know, they say we need to vote, but we need to do more than vote. We need to become educated voters on the issues and what is our agenda and and our, what is our economic agenda. You know, we we need economic development, and that's what separation is. Mm, so that's, we're talking. We, we get to separation is economic development in the black community. We're a nation within a nation. So we need to begin to control the economy in our community. If we create jobs, industry, build factories, we will create jobs for ourselves. So we will reduce unemployment and we'll raise our standard of living. Mm. Separation is not about hating anybody. We talked about wars over resources. But we want to make have a better standard of living, and we want to be free indeed, justified and equal to all mankind. We want equality in the courts and the laws and, and also in society. And like you said, a lot of that comes from being economically independent. When you have economic power, then you can get justice in the law and justice in all these other places because right. you have actual force. That's true. You know what I mean? So... And the way we have been, and I like the way we uh, are addressing our social movement right now by boycotting. You know, that's what made Martin Luther King in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That was the name of the organization that he was the head of. And the the Montgomery bus, bus boycott that that broke the, the uh, company. Mm-hmm. And blacks... Uh, Boycotted that bus for over a year. The buses, and then you know we we prevail to desegregate the buses. You know Rosa Parks, yeah, yeah, the whole thing we talked about. But we are talked we we told about that movement from a social uh, and legal point of view, like removing this the the laws, the segre, the segregation, desegregation. But what about the economic impact? That's what we're looking at, business building blocks. The economic impact empowered us. We can develop our own buses, mm. our own taxes, our own transportation. Uh, uh, just think if we had our own airlines, you know, black-owned airlines. 
black-owned bus companies. Now, we see that with our Hispanic community right here in the city of Houston. Most of the the bus transportation are Hispanic. Our Latino brothers and sisters own private bus companies, and they're flourishing. And they're traveling to Mexico, to Canada, throughout America, and uh, they're successful. Mm. Uh, we, and, you know, we can always point out other groups that are very successful economically, you know, and, and they not you may not see them participating in the political process uh, like we do, like that's our only option. Because, yeah, I think there's a lot of times we, we value symbolic victories. So yeah. that, you can see that in a way, or that has a nice, like we like things to be romantic. Like, oh, yeah, now we, you know, we like to see it. We're very visual. So a lot of times we think political and stuff like that because we can see the president. Oh, we hate Trump. We It's easy to say we hate we hate these yeah, we people. Talk about more or or they oppressing us and stuff like that. We need to protest. We need to do this. But we're not seeing that the thing that's moving all of this is the, is the economics behind it. And some groups do know that, so they don't even get involved with the politics. Right. And we have a paternalistic relationship with whites. Like an abusive parent that you still yeah. want to love you, but they still yeah. beating you. <laughs> what we mean by paternalism oh. is the whites being our parents and we being like their children. And we depended on them to provide for us our needs. So, you know, go to school and get a good job. So who are we getting the job from? We're getting the job from whites or from the government. We dependent. We dependent. We're not independent. We're looking for someone else to supply all our needs. So they are our parent, paternalistic. We send our best and brightest to them. So then when, when they don't give us what we want, we start crying like a baby. You know, crate, mm-hmm. you know, getting upset and, and, and all of this. And uh, uh, protesting. Mm. But what, the question is, what is it that we can do for ourselves if we accepted that responsibility to be self-determining and independent? What is it we can do for ourselves? That's what this is about separate development, economic development, self-determination, being free and independent, being sovereign, you know, going to the land ourselves. Now, we worked the land during slavery, and we produced the most powerful com- country on earth. We made them powerful from our labor, from our blood, sweat, and tears, from our inventions, the technology that we contributed our uh, intellectual property made them uh, the most powerful nation in the world. And also, we dominate in the Olympics, <laughs> in sports, right. in entertainment, in culture. Look at our contribution to this country and this society. Now, you tell me we can't do something for ourselves? We are talented, very talented, very capable. Barack Obama, you know, we, we, you know, they wish he was back in office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> the whole world is design, desiring a new leadership, a change, a real change, and they design for someone else to take the reign and get these other people that believe in uh, wars, uh, warmongers, and oppression. These tyrants, we got to mm-hmm. get these tyrants out of office that's oppressing the people, right, and depriving the people. So. Uh, 
separation. Let's. That, I, I hope we shed some light on it. Yeah, let's let's go into these sponsors. Okay. Yeah. Well, we always like to talk about Nation Products. Nation's Products. Nation Products. Uh, you want to talk about? Oh yeah, Nation's Products. There are uh, they actually sell books online. So if you have a library or a school, or you just want to get some good literature for your children or for your home. Or for, you know, for any type of situation, they sell books and literature. One of their biggest books is the famous Blacks in America word search books, where you can go through and find all the the different uh, leaders in our community and things like that. We, we just talked about Barack Obama. We have the Barack Obama book. And basically, a lot of these books, I'm noticing, they have a lot to do with our people and things like that. But there are a lot of things that deal with health and things like that, like the... Uh, the cookbook, the recipes. Nadine's 19 recipes. Nadine's 19 recipes that feed your body and feed your mind. So uh, check it out. You can like them on Facebook at Nation's Products. You got some more? Yeah, I thought about the new book, the new title, uh, Chemistry for Children. Right. You know, oftentimes uh, we're told that we uh, are not uh, got black children not good in math and science. But I think that's a myth. And it's a, it's a form of... Uh, intellectual assassination ruining our self-esteem right and let's introduce these subjects science and math to our children at a tender age and so that's what happens in this title chemistry for children we explore the um, periodic table the elements in the periodic table and give them a practical view of what uh, that element looks like you know like a penny a penny is made from copper, you see? And you will see a graphic of the penny. And uh, uh, water. Water is uh, H2O, two hydrogens and one oxygen. Right. Or even, uh, even oxygen. You know, we need air to breathe. So these are, you know, we, we want to make, we want to demystify chemistry. <laughs> right. Right? We want to let science and mathematics are a part of our daily life. And it's a part of us. Right. So we need to be able to relate to that and master those subjects. And we can introduce that to our children at a tender age. And when they get in higher levels of their education, high school and college, man, it, it'll just be a breeze to them. Go look at the Nation Products on Facebook. Like the page. And there's a link on there where you can order these uh, these books. Um, you have a public service announcement? Public service announcement. Definitely want to talk about the final call. Black Survivor. And uh, the feature article is Stand Up on Truth. By the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And uh, I know YZ always wanted to stand for something. He's becoming, a, he's becoming a man that always want to stand for something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what we need uh, is information that relates to our community, the factual information. We're living in the time now of alternative facts. You know, uh, fake news. You know, so we can, uh, uh, corporate media that's biased. Mm. That oftentimes vilifies us, you know, that's not balanced and not neutral. So, uh, the Final Call newspaper, finalcall.com. So, um, also, there's another public service announcement the 
Economic Blueprint. Go to economicblueprint.org. Now, now we can separate because there's no freedom without land, land ownership. And no people are free that cannot feed themselves. Right. So that's why we all, every episode we want to bring up this fund, the Economic Blueprint. That's economicblueprint.org. And that's the fund to acquire uh, 200 million acres of farmland. We're only asking for five cents a day. That's 35 cents a week. It's $18.20 a year. And collectively, we can make this a reality. Mm. So you wanted to talk about uh, somebody who is doing what we're talking about, separation, who's getting the ball rolling in this effort. Who 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 did you have in mind? Uh, I know you said you were online, you were watching an interview of Akon, and I think yeah. we brought him up before yeah. earlier in the, uh, in the series here, the Business Building Blocks podcast, where he's actually going into Africa and lighting up Africa. He's That's bringing true. a cost-effective uh, means of electricity to Africa, which yeah. I think the whole world needs that energy. I was thinking about that, that... A lot no, of them, the whole world need to go uh, solar. It needs it, to go it, solar. Get away from fossil fuels. Because we're killing it. We wonder why all these hurricanes, why we got five hurricanes in, in one month and stuff like that. It's yeah. because we're killing the earth. We're damaging the natural flow of things with all these chemicals that we pump into the air. We live in Houston, Texas, the energy capital of the world, and our air is terrible. You know, a lot of us have allergies. You see a lot of asthma, things like that. And uh, I think he has it here. This is an interview of... Akon talking about his efforts in Africa. It gets so little publicity. It's on Vlad TV, however. Let's have a real conversation about that. Because you you grew up in Senegal, West Africa. And and I heard you actually grew up without electricity. Yeah, none. No electricity, no running water. I mean, it was one of them, like, when I came to the United States and I saw how poverty was, you know, accepted here, like, the projects, or what they claim to be projects, <laughs> bro, Vlad, like I thought, I thought, I thought they was living in luxury compared to what poverty, what poverty is back home. So it was, it was, it was kind of one of them things where I couldn't understand why people didn't appreciate that. You know what I mean? Because it gets a lot worse. So for those who's out there that's always worrying about, you know, saying they living hard and life is. Not believe me, you're living. You got it a lot better than a lot of people around the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like people don't understand what third world poverty Man, really means. Man, no idea. No idea whatsoever. So, so you literally had no electricity, no running water at all. Like none, none. So, like, f- for you to get water, you'd have to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we got we we got water, but our water came from from wells. Like we had to, you know, walk about a half a mile down and share the well with the community. So we all came, we all cooked, washed our clothes, and drank from that same well water. Wow, you washed your clothes and drank from the same, the same well. That's crazy. So tell me what, what led to the Akon Lights Africa project. Well, what led to that was after the success, you know, I always, my, my grandparents was, you know, I really say my grandma, cause she's the only one that still lives in Kaulak, in that same area, you know. And she was one of those kind of people that, like most grandparents, you grow up in a house, they're not leaving that place. they just not. <laughs> I don't care. You could have a, a multi-million dollar mansion waiting for her in the city. She's not going to leave where she's at to go away to the city. She just, grandparents like to be where they're at, where they're comfortable with. 
an environment where they feel you know suitable to be at. But I went to go visit my grandma, and I was, and when I got there, you know, she's still pretty much every time I want, I want to come and try to upgrade her. You know what I mean? But she would never take it. She would never allow me to do anything. She want everything the way it is because this is what she used to. And one day I said, Mom, I'm not coming to visit you no more. I got at least you got at least let me put some electricity in this house. Because there's no way we're in 2010 and there's no electricity in your area. So I said, if anything, if my grandma would probably be the only one with electricity in this area. Come to find out, the grid was so far out that even if I, I don't care how much money I had, there was no way I could bring electricity to her. You know what I mean? So at that moment, that's when I said, okay, something got to be done about this. This has to be a solution because now it's not just about my grandma. Everybody in certain rural parts of Africa are experiencing the same thing. Okay, I didn't know that the audience couldn't hear the uh, the live Facebook the live audience. Fa the but basically, what we were playing was was the interview where he was talking about his reasoning for doing it. But what did he end up ultimately doing? Okay, uh, he ended up getting solar from Africa. I mean, for from China. Right. He got a billion dollars line of credit from Africa, and that the Chinese had already developed. Uh, manufacturing mm -hmm. for these uh, the solar technology. So what he did was he brought that technology to a rural Africa. You have power in the cities, but it's the rural areas that don't have uh, electricity or even uh, modern plumbing. They they using uh, well well water, and sometimes the whole community have to share one well. So there's a overwhelming need. Uh, Africa is undeveloped in a lot of areas throughout the continent. We're talking about the continent of Africa. So he's bringing uh, solar power to the continent of Africa. So so what we want to do is uh, go find that on YouTube. Uh, so it's Vlad TV. Vlad TV, Akon is yeah. being interviewed by Vlad TV, and he, he breaks down. And then when this, when this podcast come out, We'll have uh, more of his footage on the actual podcast. Yeah, of course. And uh, But uh, in the meantime, go look that up. But Akon, we wanted to say this. He was fulfilling a need from the country of Senegal, which he's where he's from. He grew up with no running water and no power. So he returned home after becoming successful in the music industry in America. He came back home to his people, and he wanted to visit his grandmother and he wanted to improve the standard of living for his grandmother. So that's what sparked the idea for him to bring uh, solar uh, power to, to Africa. And it was to fulfill a need. And that's why we do the business building blocks. And that's why we should go into business to satisfy our own needs. And we'll no longer be like children. Or abusive woman that's in a relationship with an abusive man that's abusing her. Uh, whites have, uh, are abusing us. They're oppressing us. So why don't we begin to satisfy our own needs? And uh, we do that through uh, uh, economic development. Mm. Well, I think that's a great way to end it off. We have demystified separation. <laughs> so we need to separate, separate, separate on the economic level. So uh, uh, how can people tune in to the podcast? I know the people are watching now live on Facebook. If y'all want to listen to this podcast in the audio form so y'all can get the full experience, uh, 
you can follow you can follow our podcast if you have the podcast app. Follow the podcast. It's called the Business Building Blocks Podcast. Search that in the search bar and you'll find it. It has a yellow square that says Business Building Blocks. You can also get it on SoundCloud, Business Building Blocks. And um and if you're listening and you're not on Facebook, you can like us on Facebook yeah. at Business Building Blocks and watch live. We record you can keep tuned in and find out when we're gonna record live and Tune and, and we do have a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, t- talk about it. We have it. a YouTube channel, and we, we're going to be building the YouTube channel. Yeah. But we need your support. We know we need your support uh, in these efforts. So like our pages, support the podcast, and share the podcast. And give us feedback. And uh, if you want to be a guest, if you want to be a guest, I'm going to give my phone number now, out. It's 832-258-3061. Again, that's 832-258-3061. If you want to be a guest, if you want to sponsor the show, uh, help us out. Uh, we on... Uh, Y'all go check out my new single. I just released it. It's called Becoming, uh, written and produced by myself. All right. I ain't going to hype it up too much, but it's fire. Y'all go check it out on Tidal, Apple Music, everything like that. Just search Wazir, W-A-Z-E-E-R, dash, Becoming. And y'all tell me what y'all think of that right there. I got more coming, so y'all stay tuned. And I and I say you can help sponsor business building block because Wazir is one half of this father son team. And go ahead and cop that single, Wazir becoming. Uh, and also he has an album, Photon Fever. Uh, he has a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my YouTube, uh, W A Z E E R the Great Wazir the Great. Instagram, W-A-Z-E-E-R underscore. And just, y'all just grow with us. We working every day. I like the community that we're building. We're doing great work out here. So, y'all, this is the Business Building Blocks podcast. You have the blocks. I get to building. Thank you for listening. See you next time.